<laughs> and now, introducing Roger Billings. Well, thank you. Whoa. Sorry about that, but some of us are really getting tired of those page A things. We are. <laughs> Me. Man. And, and they've been getting more and more extreme every time. And then Tobias comes in here and does this. 20-minute introduction. There are planets, and they're lined up. <laughs> and, and what if there's aliens? And they're going to find the record? They're going to find the record. Oh, well. Could Go ahead. Oh, Play well. the <laughs> intro. See what I mean? They're I like getting out of one. hand. They're I like just woo over the top. Aren't I they? like that one. Do you? Yes, Let's I love neon lights. Yeah, we can't do it again. We're we're really crimped for time. Okay? Yeah, okay. be good. Um, but that gets right into the first point I want to make tonight, and that is, um, have, have any of you seen this little poster? If I hold it so it doesn't, can you see that? That's pretty nice. Um, over here. It's me. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. And kind of like Jupiter or Pluto or something, looking away out into space. <laughs> Let's see, like this? Yeah, like that, right? <laughs> and so that's why I'm very happy to have a hydrogen bottle tonight. You know about these bottles, they make hydrogen and you know, it makes water nice to drink. Well, what if we use hydrogen to see if we can straighten out Peugeot's attitude? <laughs> that was good, I need a lot of hydrogen. Okay, you see, this is, this is a bottle full of water and if we could kind of zoom in on this, I want you to watch really careful because I'm going to just see if we can get her coming back to be with us. Maybe it'd be better if we go this way. Mm-hmm. Here we come. Oh. Are you ready? Higher. Okay, Peugeot. Oh, All look right. at that. Oh, can you see it? Yeah. There it is. Hydrogen does it oh. again. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Go hydrogen. So That's that, really that brings up the point. Today we want to talk about optical illusions. Optical or illusions. So actually she didn't turn around and be friendly. It just looked that way. <laughs> now I want to show you these two things. These are two little pieces of paper. I'll hold them here in the middle so you can see them. One of them is more yellow than the other. Do you see that? So there's a dark yellow and a light yellow, which mm -hmm. is funny because yellow is light, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but what I want to do is give you a little mental exam. Could you examine these two pieces of cut paper and tell me which one is the biggest? And remember, we're talking about optical illusions. So watch this. I'm going to pull them apart, and then I'm going to move them together. And they're exactly the same size. Now let's look at that again. Same size. That's so different. And then we move them like that. Isn't that something? So they look like they're different sizes when you show that perspective, 
but when they get on top of each other, they become exactly the same. So things aren't always how they appear. And in science, we learn right away that there are many, many ways of looking at things. We can see with light, we can see with fill, we can hear with sound. And there are many experiments which allow us to see things that we could never see with our natural vision or hearing. And that opens a lot of interesting doors and opportunities. Now, I want to start off <clears throat> right away showing you something kind of neat on the little camera here. Can we bring in this camera, please? Can you see this? Inside this little beaker, I have some little plastic balls. And these little plastic balls are really small. They're, they're beads. I'm going to dump some out here so you can really see them. Can you see those? And if I compare my finger, oh, bright finger, huh? For size, you can see they're really, really small. Now, these are called water beads. And if you put them inside water and let them soak for a few hours, they take on water, and they become something like this. So these are soaked water balls. I'm going to pull one out here so you can kind of compare the size. Let's see if I can get them right close here. There you go. So these are full of water now. They're kind of pretty, aren't they? Some of you have actually uh, experimented and, and used some of these. But I want to use them to make a point tonight. These little water balls, when they uh, start out as plastic, they're very, they're very solid. And if you drop them in water, they're heavier than water, and so they sink to the bottom. But after they take on water, they become mainly water. You can see how much bigger the soaked balls are than the little seeds. In fact, I filled a whole liter container with these little balls using one tablespoon of these little seeds. So they really expand considerably. But there's something interesting about light called refraction. And refraction is a phenomena that not only happens with light, it can happen with other forms of energy too, electromagnetic waves, even sound, even water ripples on the ocean or on a, on a pond. Refraction is when something goes into water and then the light, excuse me, light goes into water and when it hits the water, it seems to turn in a different direction. It's a, a phenomena that is really important in, in science because it's the property that gives us the ability of making lenses lenses like we use in telescopes and microscopes and, and glasses. And it is something that I'd like to see if we can understand a little bit about today. Refraction is something that doesn't happen unless you have light coming at a surface other than directly on. If it's 100% square, 90 degree angles, well then refraction doesn't take place. And for refraction, you have to have some kind of a material like glass or plastic that is transparent. So if the light comes at an angle, 
not perpendicular, but at an angle to the transparent surface, then it goes through the surface, but as it goes through, it changes direction slightly. If you take a cup of water and put a pencil in it, it looks like the pencil is jogged off to the side. That's because of refraction. In a swimming pool, sometimes you uh, decide you're gonna dive for something, so you throw it in, it looks like it's there. When you actually get in the water, it's over there. It, it looks like it's in the wrong place because it bends light. And the, the action of reaction actually takes place right at the surface between the air and the water or the air and the plastic or the air and the glass. And it's caused by the fact that light is changing speed. Light travels at the speed of light. That's profound. Thank you. <laughs> I learned that from Einstein, my friend Einstein. Anyway, light travels at the speed of light when it's in space. When it starts going through air, it travels a little bit slower. And when it goes through something really dense like glass or water, then it slows down even more. While it slows down how fast it's progressing forward, it still has the same frequency or the same color. And so since those waves are progressing slower, as they hit the medium that is a higher density that slows it down, it bends the wave. And that's a little tricky to, to understand, and there are some interesting demonstrations, but I think suffice it to say tonight that it, it does bend the light. As a result of that, we can make a piece of glass that's shaped with a curve so that it's a lens that focuses the light because it's bending around all those surfaces and they're shaped in such a way that all the light can be focused to a point because it bends at a certain angle, you get at the right distance, that angle all hits a point. And everybody's tried that and been familiar with it. That's what we did with the, the bottle of water is we have glass and water here, and as the light's coming through, it hits this denser medium and it bends. Now you saw my image of Dr. Peget was a little bit distorted, and that's because the bottle is so round, but it does bend the light. And because of that, there's some very interesting things you can do. Now, if I had uh, a nice tight shot on these little water beads. You can kind of see how each one of them is bending the light as it hits there and the, the density of the water is slowing down the light so it's bending. But as these beads take on water, they become basically water, in which case they have the same density as water because they are water. And so we can do something kind of interesting. If we drop these into water, they virtually disappear. Because on the boundary between the bead and the water, the light doesn't bend and so you don't see them. They don't focus light like they do now. As little balls, they're like little lenses and they focus it and you can see them here. So if I were to pour water into the speaker as the water came up, it would make the, the little beads disappear. Really? Yeah. You don't believe me? All right, let's prove it. <laughs>
Should we do an experiment to see if that's true? Yes. Okay, well, it turns out that I happen to have some more. Yep, there they are. <laughs> Look at all those. And I also have some water. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour the water in here and see what happens. Let's see if we can get a nice tight shot on this. There we go. Can you see that okay? And you can see there's a little color in there, and you can see those beads, right? Okay, now watch as we begin to fill the water as the water comes up. All right, water's going in, and we should be able to see it as it starts to fill up from the bottom. So it's coming up. The water level is coming up. Okay, that's fine. And the beads are still there. Now, you all know who this is. The beads are still there, but now since they're the same density as the water, it's not bending the light. This is where I need a little help from Tobias. Could you come up here, please? Okay, you know who this is, don't you? Nemo? Yeah, it's Nemo. <laughs> so you need to go right over that microphone there, and in your Nemo voice, oh, no. <laughs> I just need you to say, so what's going on? Okay? And while he says that, I need the camera right here. Okay, go ahead. Ready? So what's going on? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Very good job. That was, that was really good. Um, so. That is neat. Kind of fun, isn't it? That is yeah. really okay. fun. So that is. That is really neat. Refraction. And it shows the kind of things that we can and we can't do with refraction. And in science, we study things like that. We figure out what the properties are. And then if we're in applied science, if we're inventioneers, mm -hmm. then we figure out how to put that science to work to do the things we want to do. Am I making sense? Okay, now I want to show you some other optical illusions. Uh, remember this time, isn't it amazing that those look so different in size, and yet it's just the way the eye analyzes the shapes. And of course, I have an outer radius which is greater than the inner, and so it's just an optical illusion. And so things don't always turn out to be as they appear. I want to show you another one that has two little dots. And these dots are uh, encircled by circles. You see there's the small circles and the big ones. And for most people, when you look at those two orange dots in the middle, they look like they maybe are different sizes. But when you move them together, you find out they're both exactly the same size. Let's try that. Here they go. So they are actually the same size. Here's another one that I think is really interesting. And this is for a little bit different phenomena. But this is a circle made up of pink balls. And as I turn this on, you're going to see that the balls take turns, turning off once, once at a time. And so they seem to be rotating in a circle. But what I'd like you to do is look right at the cross in the middle of this. Stare right at the cross and then notice 
and though they're only pink balls, see if you can see a green ball going around. Let's try it. Look right at the cross in the middle. Oh. Stare at for a minute, and can you see the green ball going around? Well, there's actually nothing green on this image. That green is an effect or a phenomena of your eye that's resting from seeing the pink or the purple. What do you think? Kind of neat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, good. Now, uh, there are a lot of things in nature that could be considered an optical illusion. Uh, how many of you know what a snake is? What is a snake? No, no never mind. Well, cut, cut, okay. We'll edit that definition. But I'd like to show you a picture of a little snake climbing up in a tree. Can you see the little snake's head up there on top? Can you see it okay? Cute little thing, isn't it? Now, I want to zoom in on this snake so you can see it a little better in this picture. Hmm. So the snake was actually moth. Wow. And yeah, he's got some painting there, maybe so that people won't mess with him. Uh, can we go back to the, to the picture in the tree again? Now look, can you see the tip of the wing up there? So he's doing a little optical illusion or camouflage so that he kind of blends into things. Uh, most of you know where butterflies and caterpillars, I mean, excuse me, and moths come from. They come from caterpillars. And some of the caterpillars are very, very interesting. Some of them are downright scary. Yep. Some are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed, uh, I have this theory, that the more beautiful the butterfly, the more strange or beautiful the caterpillar. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, I'd like to show you one of the strangest caterpillars in the world. And the thing that makes this particular caterpillar so strange is that it can sing. Have you ever seen a singing caterpillar before? I haven't heard one either. Uh, this is, you haven't heard it either? No. Well, this is it a sings. caterpillar that can sing. And it, it's pretty, let, let, let's show it to you. Here it is, the singing caterpillar. Do you see it there? Okay, now I'm gonna zoom in while it starts singing. Chirp, 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 oh. chirp, <laughs> chirp, <laughs> chirp. <laughs> Chirp. Those are, that's a low chirp. Yeah, they must chirp, all chirp, be chirp. They, they all chirped once. And uh, I'd, I'd like to thank them for posing for this picture. <laughs> but isn't it interesting? <laughs> so can we zoom back on this again to the caterpillar stage? It just kind of looks like a little caterpillar does. there, doesn't it? Getting ready to become a butterfly or a moth. But when you look closer, much closer, you start to see those aren't tails, those are tails, those are little birds. And uh, from all of this, I have a really important point that I would like to make. Um, sometimes in, in science and, and even in life, we get too quick to judge. When I uh, started my first company, not long after graduating from college, and 
and just a short time after mentoring with Bill Ayer, uh, I had a, a really interesting lesson. And most of you know that when I went to the university, I studied science and engineering. But right at the end of my university career, uh, Mr. Bill Lear, the guy that invented the Learjet and a lot of other things, came and, and invited me to move into his home and to become his protege, to study under him. And his idea is he was going to mentor someone how to do applied science. So I moved into his home, and my little family there were two and a half of us at the time, uh, moved into his home, and we had quite an experience. And all day long, I would follow Mr. Lear from meeting to meeting, whatever he would do. He had a, a practice <clears throat> of taking an afternoon nap. And I wasn't quite accustomed to that, so I would read journals and, and books while he would take his little 15-minute nap. But other than that, everywhere he would go, he'd go on a trip in his Learjet or he'd have meetings, I would always attend them. Uh, Mr. Lear had a very remarkable desk in his office. And, and it was a desk that he had custom made for him. It was made out of tiki wood. And the, the surface was a piece of leather from an elephant, elephant hide. It was just a really interesting desk. But the thing that was really amazing about it is the desk was shaped like a half circle. And Mr. Lear would sit right on the middle of that circle, the half circle, and then he could look straight into the eyes of the six or seven people that would be sitting around for a meeting. Uh, my place became the second chair on his right, and that's where I'd always sit during the meetings. Uh, it's kind of exciting to me, but that desk, that very desk, is now in my office over at Goldkey. And some of you have seen that, and I'll show it again, because it's really, really a neat piece of history for me. But when Mr. Lear would tell me something, I would really listen. Because of the things he had accomplished in his life, I just felt like he was giving me treasures of knowledge things that I'd really be able to use. And it turns out that some of the knowledge that he passed on came from his mentor. And years before I met Mr. Lear, when he was a young scientist just trying to get his start, he had the wonderful privilege of being mentored by Mr. Thomas Edison. And he would say that when Thomas Edison would tell him things. He would listen very carefully. So I hope some of you will listen very carefully because now I'm mentoring you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to pass on the little tricks and secrets and formulas for success in your careers. And so this is something that I want you to think about. Can we take another peek at this caterpillar? What, what do you call a caterpillar made out of birds on your planet? I mean, what, what, what would you call them? Well, this is your know. planet, this right? Is, this, is, this is my home planet. Oh, this is your home planet. <laughs> uh <-huh>. mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, when we first looked at these birds, how many of you actually thought it was a caterpillar? <coughs> and when you looked at the, the moth, how many first thought it was a snake? Things don't always turn out to be what they look like. 
Now, back when I started my company and I started hiring people to help me build the company, for a while, actually for about a year and a half, I was the youngest employee at my company. So everybody that worked for me was my senior, or someone I looked up to because they had been alive longer than I had. And it was kind of interesting to try and manage these older people, especially when I was so green. One day, one of the people that worked for me came in pretty agitated, quite upset, and they needed to talk, and I need to talk right now, so come in. So we went in my office, we sat down, and they explained to me that one of my other employees was bad. This is a bad person, and you need to fire them. I never fired anybody yet, and I really, really care about people. I really care about my employees. I really care about a cell of students. Mm -hmm. I really care, and I, I don't want to fire anybody, but this person was really upset. I said, well, what, what did the other person do wrong? And so they explained it all to me. Well, this happened, and then this happened, and then he did this, and then that happened, and that, and you need to fire him. If you don't fire him, I'll have to quit. Oh, my. Uh -huh. So I decided I better fire him. Uh, that's a pretty bad thing he did. And so I thanked him, and I said, well, well I'll get back to you. I then invited the bad person into my office. <laughs> and I said, I understand you did something really terrible. And I won't go into the details of the terrible thing because it turns out that when this person started telling me what happened, it was a completely different story. It wasn't at all like the first person told me. And I what? And I could tell that they were both being forthright and, and trying to tell me what they saw. But from their different perspectives, what they saw was completely the opposite. From the way the second person told me, it sounded like the first one needed to be fired. <laughs> and so I decided, man, I'm not going to fire this guy. So I got the first person back in. And I said, hey, I talked to them, and they told me a whole other story, and, and so I'm not going to fire him. I said, well, then I'm quitting. I'm going to tell you the part of the story that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> tell us. In an act of complete candor and accuracy, <laughs> but, but please remember, I was young. I was still learning. And Mr. Lear told me, you know, you need to be careful because different people will look at the same situation and they'll see it from different points of view. And sometimes it'll be very, very different than you can imagine. And the way you hear the story, it's got to be that this person really did something wrong, but then when you get the other point of view, sometimes there's a real reason and explanation. The point being, we need to really slow down on judging our friends, yeah. our family, and maybe especially we need to slow down when judging our enemies. Um, I've thought a lot about this, and I'm going to finish the story in a second, but I thought a lot about this in the ensuing years, and I realized that an enemy is a choice you make. Uh, usually they did something that offends us, and so we declare, that is not my friend. In fact, 
that is an enemy. And, and we decide that. And then from then on, everything they do is wrong. What? I'm your enemy? No, I was just thinking about Nemo and then and Nemo's enemy. your enemy. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know hey, what I'm well, thinking? You, or you, you got <laughs> pulled into the story, did you? Yeah. I <laughs> All right. Well, we need to really be careful because mm -hmm. there are different points of view, and sometimes we really do misjudge people. But at any rate... I did something with these two employees, and, and I just wonder what you think about it. Uh, was it a good thing I did, or was it a bad thing? So the first person was going to quit because I wouldn't fire the second one. The second one told a completely different story, but was pretty upset at the first person when he found out that the first person had ratted him out. So they were kind of really mad at each other, and one's going to resign, i got to fire the other, and I don't want to fire anybody. So I panicked, and I had them both come to my office at the same time. And I said, guys, I've got some really bad news. I'm going to fire both of you. <laughs> I did. I'm going to fire both of you. And... You could say I was bluffing, but I didn't figure that out till a little later. <laughs> and he said, why are you going to fire me? I didn't do it. And I said, well, I don't know. You're both just a lot of trouble. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm kind of new to this management thing, and I, I don't want to deal with problems like you're causing for me. So I'm just going to fire both of you. Pack up your things and leave. They both got so mad at me. They forgot they were mad at each other. <laughs> and they started really telling me, they started agreeing with each other on how bad I was being. And I says, okay, now that you guys are getting along, get back to work. <laughs> and they both turned out to be very good employees and very good friends. If we could learn to be more careful when we judge, this would sure be a much happier and more successful world. I can tell you that 100%. Now, you were going to tell us about this little no, fish? No, I wasn't. No, I was I, just having another private thought. Yes, we, we've got a few minutes now. Go ahead. No, I do have a question, though. It's not <laughs> well, about the fish. Change the subject. No, same subject. We were on. Okay, go ahead. So when you decide that you're not going to be mad and you're not going to respond immediately, and you made that decision, and then it happens, and you respond immediately with, Unkindness, even though you've already decided you're not going to, because it's almost like a habit. How do you fix it? We're now going to go into the social part of our discussion tonight. Mm -hmm. And here to answer the question no. is Dr. Social herself. So how do you do that? Me? Yeah. I have you're, to practice. You're, you're the team. You have to practice. I have to practice. So tell me about practice. How do you practice? Well, I make the decision first. Well, first I decide that I don't have the enemy, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then when something... So you stop something, being angry. I stop being angry. Uh -huh. You know, anger is... Oh, excuse the word, but it's stupid. It's stupid. When you're angry at someone, guess who that hurts? You. Me. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's just stupid to be angry. Emotional angry just doesn't work. If you really want to get someone, don't get angry. Get even. No, I didn't say that. I'm <laughs> just saying, what if? But seriously, anger doesn't work. So you decide you're not going to be angry, and then what? 
And then um, I realized that I still have a problem with it. <laughs> there we go. But it's, it's true. It takes time to change habits. Mm -hmm. uh, I read a book once that says it takes 40 days to change a habit. That's like 40 days. Long time. How many weeks is that? Six. Six? Six-ish, about seven weeks, huh? Mm -hmm. Depend on how you round. Yeah. Okay. Six. But <laughs> six or seven weeks to change a habit. That means if you decide you're not going to lose your cool mm -hmm. and get upset at your friends or your family or someone that you're trying to think is your enemy, it'll probably take you about 40 days of practice before you really get good at not reacting wrong. Yeah. And, and that's okay. It's okay to have to develop these kinds of skills and abilities over time. But the people that are going to do real great things have to be able to work with other people. We teach English so that you can learn to communicate. Uh, my English teacher in high school uh, was confronted with a stubborn young scientist. There's no reason I need English. I'm going to be a scientist. <laughs> I will speak the language of science, math, and that's all. Wow. And she explained to me, you'll never get your projects funded if you don't know how to write a proposal. And you'll never be able to get them accepted if you can't write a technical paper to explain them. We need to learn to communicate, but we also need to learn how to get along, how to work with people. If you can't get a team to mobilize and follow you as you're doing a project, then you're never going to do anything very big, are you? Uh, I often uh, throw a, a salute of, of my respect out to Elon Musk. I mean, if, if he would take any of the fields that he's dabbling in, he could change the world. But somehow he's changing the world in all of them. And I just, uh, anybody that really tries to do real things and make the world a better place, you're absolutely forced to look up to this man and what he's doing. He could not do those things were it not for the fact that he's able to get a lot of very brilliant minds to follow him, to sustain him, to do his experiments. He doesn't make those first stage rockets land on a barge all by himself. Yeah, he's got a lot of brilliant ideas, but he also has the ability to captivate the imagination and support of other technical people that extend him so he can do so many things all at once. And just think, all those little trains in the sky made out of stars. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed when they made him turn the antennas so that yeah, you couldn't yeah. see them everywhere. I just thought they were fun. The little... <laughs> Remember the first time you saw them? If you hadn't heard about them and you hadn't read about them and you were just outside minding your own self, behaving like you should some <laughs> evening and all of a sudden here comes a star and another one following another one. We've all seen shooting stars, but this is a whole parade, a whole train <laughs> of these little lights coming across the sky. And Obviously not an airplane. Being the scientist I am, I was sure it was an alien vessel. <laughs> At least one. Yeah, from California. Yeah. <laughs> but it is an amazing accomplishment. 
and many other things, the tunneling machine, a lot of the yeah. things, the electric car, the battery technology, it's amazing. Out in the middle of the Nevada desert, where only Gila monsters and lizards live, there's a monster building. And what does he call it? A gigafactory? Mm -hmm. It's where he makes his, his batteries for his Tesla cars. If you're going to do great things, you're going to have to learn to get along with people. And if your life turns out to be anything like my life, about half the people you need to get along with to achieve the things you want in life are going to be the guys that you would have easily called your enemies. You need your enemies. And enemies is just a bad attitude. Turns out that we need we need each other, and we need to be a little careful how we judge. If we'd slow down on the judging, and really bolster up on the understanding, gosh, this world would be a better place. And you say, well, hey, I thought we were going to talk about research and science. We are, we are. <laughs> this is a real key to success. The knowledge of math, the knowledge of science is very important, but the knowledge of how to make things happen in this environment we call the world, our planet, mm -hmm. it's really crucial. So now I want you all to be patient with me as we allow our social professor to have some time to work on her problem. <laughs> I have a new problem. Uh-oh, what is it? So, so we're not judging. Yes, we are. Oh. <laughs> Your students are. Okay. So I have a very soft spot for the name Gunner because of Bill Lear and somebody else. But Gunner wants to know why I'm not funny in the social emotional learning class, but I'm funny here. <laughs> he hasn't taken my new one yet, but. And so I want to get back to the point about not judging. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Now you and, have a real And me. just a little <laughs> private shout out to my friend Gunnar. I'm working on it. <laughs> Give me 40 days. It made me smile. <laughs> At least I'm smiling yeah. about it. At least she's smiling. Yeah. It, uh, There's so much that you don't know about me. <laughs> This is true, but we're finding out more and You're more. Trying. <laughs> You're trying. You're trying. All right. Well, everybody, study hard and judge little and get along. And we're going to have a wonderful world, and we're going to have wonderful lives and amazing technologies. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.